Welcome to another episode of Mental Conversations, a podcast focusing on positive mental health and overcoming the struggles of life. Uh, my name is Chris Sutton, and today I'm excited, as always. Um, I'm joined in the studio by Kim Adams. Kim is a nutritional therapist, and well, I know you a couple of different ways, really, but one of the things is you run a, uh, the Brain Health Program, which focuses on taking a holistic approach to mental health, focusing on areas including nutrition gut bacteria, we're going to talk about that, uh, and sleep. So this is the first of two podcasts. The first one we're going to talk about nutrition, and then the second one we'll do sleep at a later stage. Welcome. Thank you, Chris. Lovely to be here. Good. Thank you for coming in. So I thought, because every time I talk to you, we talk about gut bacteria, uh-huh. I would just say, gut bacteria, go. And <laughs> <laughs> see, where, see where the conversation goes. Well, Chris, you might not get a conversation. This might be a podcast done. <laughs> I will you, interrupt. You know enough about me now to know um, one of my absolute fascinations is gut bacteria. So um, with nutrition, there's all kinds of different things going on in our bodies that before we even get into the gut bacteria mm-hmm. impact on how we feel and our mental health. And I'm sure we will talk about some of those but a real emerging science is gut bacteria, or as it's starting to get called, the gut microbiome, because what we're understanding is actually we've got a whole ecosystem going on mm-hmm. in our digestive system. It's more than just bacteria. Um, and those cells of bacteria and other microorganisms, we've actually got more of them in our body than we have human cells. So they're, oh. kind, of, they're kind of winning on that front. Okay, okay, <laughs> that freaks me out a bit. So yeah, kind of freaky, but good news as well, because we're just starting to learn just how useful they are to us and how much they affect our health, both our physical and our mental health. And the thing that I find absolutely fascinating, which before I got into this subject, I I never really had any idea about. I I knew that we had good gut bacteria. I've seen all of those adverts for friendly bacteria. Exactly, friendly bacteria. Certain yogurty drinks out Mm -hmm. there are heavily promoting them. But I never gave a lot of thought about what they did. And one of the key things is actually some of those vitamins and minerals that we need from our food we can't get them directly from our food ourselves we need those little guys Mm -hmm. to break them down for us into things that we can use so is that what they do that's what that was my first what does it what does it what does gut bacteria do so that's one of the absolute key things that gut bacteria does for us Another one that they do, um, in very, very simple terms, if you've got plenty of friendly, healthy gut bacteria, Mm -hmm. then they squash out the pathogenic bad guys. So it's permanently like a land grab in there. If you've got a bit of a vacuum, so if you've been on a course of antibiotics or something like that, Mm -hmm. um, that pretty much is just like a cleanse straight through your body. It's going to wipe out, certainly in your upper intestine, a good chunk of your bacteria, whether they're good or bad. It's pretty indiscriminate. Right. So stuff's going to come back and start to grow in there. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be a jostling for position to see who can get that good spot on your gut wall. And is that stuff... So so say you've been flushed out, you're starting from scratch. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm assuming you'd feel pretty weak then. 
in that state, would you? Yeah, I mean, if you think about people that they've had a round of antibiotics and then it's almost like they get into this cycle of they seem like they get one thing after another and yeah. they feel like they're on repeat antibiotics. Some of that is that actually you haven't had a chance for your gut bacteria to repopulate, to right. start to provide some defense to your body to kind of help out with your immune system and everything mm -hmm. before you've had another pathogen come in take hold and knock you back as well so and that's where some of the weakness comes from i think and where does so where does it come from then where do the negative pathogens come from then so they're they're everywhere so i'm just i mean i'm a complete <laughs> novice so i'm like do they manifest out of thin air is it because you've eaten spinach or like what you know it, yeah so it, you could have you could have breathed them in you could have touched um so you use public transport so do i chris yeah, yeah. <laughs> we might not want to think too much about this mm -hmm. but Obviously, we all, you know, we touch our faces, we maybe blow our nose, something like that. If we've got a cold, some of those bacteria are then on our hands and our fingers. Okay. We then touch the door as we're leaving the train or the bus or whatever yeah. else. Somebody else touches it after us. Unless you're absolutely on it with your hand hygiene, yeah. then you're going to get some of those bacteria when you touch your breakfast or you yeah. touch your mouth, okay. whatever. So some of it might go into your lungs. Some of it's going to go into your stomach. So you kind of so there. Are, so there's a couple of things. So firstly, you can try and be as on it as you can with your hand hygiene. But secondly, there's an acceptance that some's going to get in there, isn't it? But so actually trying to encourage the fact that you're that you have some healthy, um, friendly gut bacteria yeah. is a good idea. It is. So how do you get it? So. The thing with friendly gut bacteria, you want them, but you also want a real variety of them because I talked earlier about how some of your gut bacteria break down food into something mm. you can use. Others break down your food, the food into something that we still can't use, but another bacteria can come along and that's food for that bacteria. Right. And they break that down and then we get something okay. we can use. So actually what we're looking for is a massive variety. Mm -hmm. And the nice thing with variety is if you eat a variety of foods, mm -hmm. it encourages a variety okay. of gut bacteria. Okay. Now, when I'm saying a variety of foods, I'm not obviously talking about junk food here. I'm talking sure. about a kind of rainbow of fruit and vegetables, no, things well, like that. Any nutritionist, they never talk about the good points of junk food. I'm going to do a podcast one day on the positives of junk food. Anyway, no, carry on. So so, so tell me about the rainbow of um, nutrition then. So gut bacteria, their main food source is fibre. Mm -hmm. They have preference for certain fibres so if you are a fan of garlic onion leek this is the good news for you okay. they're fantastic food for gut bacteria there's right. a lot of gut bacteria that love to feed off those but different ones have different food preferences so just as you might really like thai food or burgers i might say oh no that's not for me i would prefer indian food mm -hmm. you've got exactly the same going on in the world of the gut bacteria right so um having a whole range of different fibres, different whole grains, lots of different vegetables, um, different colours, that all helps. The other thing they like is um, something called polyphenols, which you find particularly in berries. So if you think of those really dark blues, purples, reds, mm -hmm. etc., that's the indication of these polyphenols that yeah. are going on. Okay. And they're a 
perfect food for a lot of bacteria. They really love them. And what they do is they convert those into antioxidants for us. I've heard of that. Which, yes. I mean, <laughs> people normally, they've, they've heard of it. It sounds lovely and scientific. They don't know what they really do. Sometimes I've heard of it in terms of skincare because if you want to have a lovely, youthful visage like yourself, Chris, then yeah. you know you go for the skincare that's packed with these antioxidants. Okay. Um, actually, some of our antioxidants are things we've all heard of, so things like vitamin C, vitamin E. Yeah. Some of those vitamins are what they do is um, they kind of reduce down inflammation in our body, mm -hmm. and they do that because we've got lots of reactions going on all the time in our body. And um, that can produce something, another scientific word that comes up in skincare that people have heard of, free radicals. Yeah, okay, so yeah. we, we kind of get this idea that antioxidants are great, we want heaps of those. Mm -hmm. Free radicals, not sure what they are, but I'm pretty sure I don't want them. Yeah. Well, actually, we, we get them all the time in these reactions that have to go on in our body that are perfectly fine. But what they do, if you think back to your kind of school days and learning about um, positive and negative charge yeah. on things, they have a charge. Physics. That's right. <laughs> Physics. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> so, yeah, they have a positive or a negative charge, and we need something that's going to bind to that because... If they're positively charged, they're going to find something negative to bind right. with in terms of charge. Mm -hmm. Now, we don't want them to bind with the wrong thing okay. in our body. So what these antioxidants can do is help to mop up these free radicals by happily binding with them and essentially making them non-damaging for us. Wow. There's a lot of stuff there. Um, can I try and... Can I ask you a couple of questions to simplify... Or not simplify it, but... Um, in practical terms mm. then so firstly the thing that the thing that leaps into my mind is what are the negative effects then if you've got if your gut bacteria isn't as strong or mm. as friendly as it as it could be what are the physical kind of symptoms what's happening like how do you know so one of the things um, because we're talking brain health here mm. and it's one of the areas that really interests me one of the things that's really important is in terms of really good gut health, mm -hmm. we've got some of our kind of chemical messengers, some of our feel-good neurotransmitters that yeah. can send signals to the brain. A lot of them are actually manufactured in the gut. So we've kind of heard of serotonin. Yeah. And some serotonin is manufactured in our brains, but mm -hmm. a lot of it is manufactured in our gut. And we're really starting to understand now that there's a lot of signaling goes on straight from our gut to our brain. You, yeah, I mean, I remember seeing you do a presentation where you mm. first, well, I invited you to the group that, I, that I'm part of, like uh, the peer-to-peer -peer support mm. group. And um, you were talking about gut feeling. You know that expression yes, about gut right. feeling? And that always kind of st stuck in my head because I was like, yeah, you do. It, it is, you know, I, I mean, I know, I think it is neurons, isn't it, that they mm. say their neurons, when they've done um, research about them, anatomy, are found in the brain, the, the gut and the heart. Yeah. They, are the, they are the three places in the body where they're, and they are the places that you can actually physically feel, or that you generally physically feel. But for me personally, my, my emotions, my feelings, the, if you have to say, where do you feel it, it's mm. my stomach. Yeah, and I, I, th I think loads of people can relate to that, that idea of, you know, you've got a big presentation that you're doing, or mm. 
something that you're a bit nervous about, you actually feel it in your gut. Yeah. You physically feel it. You're meeting a nutritionist the that's really bright <laughs> and you're a bit you're a bit dim, thinking, oh my God, I'm not going to understand half of this. But that's good because I get to be the person that says, okay, like, how, what does that mean in the real, in like yeah. how, how it works? And so, okay, so I like, so, so I, I get that. So you're saying if you have that more healthy gut yeah so with and by putting the um the right gut bacteria in there and um cultivating it yeah it because of the signals it sends to the brain that there's it sends more positive signals and therefore it can make you feel more positive in terms of your mental health yes so we in a nutshell in a nutshell that's brilliant we've got a nerve called the vagus nerve that in kind of techie terms and i'm not techie so i'm out of my comfort zone but it's kind of like a super highway straight from your gut to your brain the vagus nerve so you've got this direct connection you're not going through a whole different set of nerves all over your body in a complicated way you've got this direct communication right okay going on through your vagus nerve so okay so so that's why you would do it um so that's really helpful so i understand why so then how do you what actual foods then specific foods um can people be eating um to like to actually make this happen so what we've been talking about a little bit is um what's sometimes called prebiotic foods so these are the foods that actually feed and encourage growth of bacteria so that's your rainbow of fruit and vegetables particularly um things like your leeks onions etc that i've already Mm -hmm. talked about your berries things like that are great but a really wide variety that's going to feed your gut bacteria Mm -hmm. but we were also talking earlier about antibiotics and how they can kind of wash everything out and it takes a bit of a while for your gut to recover and different species of bacterial move in at different rates so what we want to do is make sure that any given time actually we've got plenty of bacteria to help break down our food because mm-hmm. again talking about how the bacteria can affect our brain health just in terms of every single nutrient we need to make all of those chemicals that impact on our brains we need to make sure that we're getting the most out of our food and yes. our bacteria in very simple terms that's they're doing okay so the other thing you can do is introduce more probiotics into your diet so these are things like your live yogurts where you've got active cultures of bacteria Mm -hmm. in the yogurt so you've got things like yogurt you've got what's becoming much more widely available and fashionable now kefir and kombucha yes i've heard of kombucha and kefir i've not heard what what is that so both kefir and kombucha are based on essentially um, good bacteria fermenting liquids so with the kombucha one it's based on tea and it makes like a fizzy tea that you tend right. to drink cold and okay. is an alternative to your kind of so coke or nice. something like that i think it tastes nice right. <laughs> do you trust a nutritionist when they tell you things taste nice i'm not chris i'm not sure but yeah i think it tastes good okay so then kefir is the same but flat so you have two types of kefir the one that you can typically find in a lot of places is almost like a pouring yogurt mm-hmm. and that's exactly what it tastes like it tastes a bit yogurty so like a lassi or something yeah and not unlike a lassi so you can either have it like by itself you could chuck some granola or something mm-hmm. in it you could chuck it into a smoothie with some fruit vegetables whatever okay. and enjoy it that way But there's quite a few people these days that avoid dairy for various reasons. They might be vegan, they might be intolerant. You can also get 
water kefir, mm -hmm. which is essentially the same process gone on with water. You get these little things called kefir grains, mm -hmm. and you can put them in plain water, you can put them in coconut water, you kind of leave them for 24 hours to work their magic, and they feed on the sugar. So you'd have like a sugared water and they feed oh, on that. You, you, you perfectly led me into this today, right? Because <laughs> you, don't, you don't know I'm going to do this, but... The, the other, we're pretty much halfway through, mm. and the other thing I wanted to talk about um, was sugar. Yeah. And was about, we, I came to your brain health program mm. um, session last week, and we were talking about sugar, and I thought, I really want to talk about that. Yeah. So, um, just, to, just to conclude, though, with the gut bacteria, mm -hmm. so the thing is, so we've given, so the rainbow of foods to eat, um, making sure that you've got different coloured um, fruit and veg yeah. on your plate. Um, the other thing I remember you saying to me, and this links in with the sugar as mm -hmm. well, um, is about um, if people so typically would have a bowl of pasta yes. in, in our society, and you'd have like maybe like a spoonful of sauce on top mm. of it, but the main thing in your bowl is the pasta. Yeah. You know, I think you were talking about portion size wise, or of what's on your plate, about making that veg the kind of the, the largest proportion of what you're eating is that fair that's that's a really good way of putting it Chris because um, I think what we tend to do there's when we look at nutrition in the press it gets very very confusing because the press love to either say that something's the next huge superfood mm -hmm. or they love to demonize yeah. something and at, I think recently it's been carbohydrates yes. that have been demonized and when they talk about carbohydrates they're generally actually talking about your things like you rise your pasta mm -hmm. etc now i think a whole grain pasta so your kind of brown pasta mm -hmm. can be perfect for somebody who's really busy long days they're wanting to get something healthy at the end of the day or they're wanting to take something in as a pack lunch and they think okay cold yeah. pasta in and of itself it, it's not some evil that we should avoid yeah but what we do typically is we absolutely fill our bowl with pasta we have a huge portion of pasta yeah and then we stir in a bit of tomato sauce and we yeah, think well, that's, spoonful that's, of pesto that's, that's it brilliant. you know that's great a bit of healthiness gone in there yeah. that's fantastic it's green it is green yeah <laughs> we do love our greens so but that so, so for me and that, and that's it's interesting because i remember when you actually said this during the brain health program mm. I mean, a lot of the um, <laughs> a lot of the things you were saying, I was like, you know, this is my maybe my disposition, but the guilt I was feeling within myself <laughs> was like, oh no, I do that as well. I remember you were talking about we were talking about sugar and you were yeah. talking about fructose, uh -huh. and I was saying I'm getting fucked off, you know. Like, <laughs> as again, I love like, that. I'm going to use that. Like, this isn't this isn't fair. These are all the things <laughs> I like. Come on. Um, so, in t so, tell me about sugar. Why is sugar bad for us? So, sugar is bad for us because of the absolute volume we eat. I think we, we as nutritionists start to talk now a lot about let's go back to our ancestors and look at how they would have eaten. Right. And when we're talking sugar, actually it wasn't a commodity that we came across a lot. So, you might get lucky and brave and raid a beehive occasionally and yeah. have a huge sugar fest on honey. But generally, when you go back to the kind of hunter-gatherer thing, mm. we were picking off berries and maybe kind of literally nibbling them all day as we found them. But yeah. we weren't getting that same sugar hit and sugar high 
as going to the local newsagent or petrol station and grabbing a king-size Mars bar. Mm. And it's just, sugar is around us everywhere. Yeah. Now, if you have a Mars bar, if you have some biscuits, a piece of cake, you know you're getting sugar. Yeah. You, you can kind of moderate yourself on that, whatever you do, but you, you know it. You know that if you're absolutely low in energy, your energy's through your boots, you grab a Mars bar, you have a bite, you can literally feel instantly it's better. It's like a rush, isn't it? It is. Yeah. That sugar has got into your bloodstream. It's given you that instant lift. Mm. The problem is it's given you too much of a lift, so mm. your body has to do something about that and bring your blood sugar back down into safe controls, right. and it has to do that quite quickly. It wants to keep a nice ambient state. Mm -hmm. So the way it does that is we have something in our liver called our glycogen stores where mm -hmm. we kind of build those glucose molecules together a bit like lego building blocks right. so um we've still got the glucose it's in a slightly more complex form but if we need it we can break it down really quickly now that sounds great but that's only a small store so mm -hmm. if we've still got circulating sugar that we need to get rid of our body's option then is to turn it into fat uh. and that's where we run into problems and then the other problem we run into which is one of the things that i was talking about when we were doing the brain program session on sugar is the amount of hidden sugar everywhere so yeah this scared me yeah oh. so it, it's some of the things like breakfast cereals i think is coming a bit more to the fore now where some of the breakfast cereals that look healthy yeah. are made palatable by adding a bit of sugar so mm -hmm. if you didn't have the sugar in there it would really taste like cardboard so yeah. Yeah. it's got a nice healthy image it's, but it's and, got the sugar and with this mm -hmm. this is the the bit of this that was really I mean, almost, well, not almost, that's sneaky, is on the outside of the packet. It was bread you were talking about. Yes. You were talking about on the, on the outside of the packet when it says, you've got that little square and it says what breaks down and all the rest of it. Mm -hmm. And that's where you think, oh, okay, great, there's some guidance. I can look on that and that will tell me then what I'm eating and how much sugar. Yeah. Um, but tell me, what was the thing about bread that you said that... So the thing with bread... This is very true of white bread, but it's true of a lot of those wholemeal breads now as well. The carbohydrate content of that bread, it's been very finely milled, it's been refined, yeah. so that you can take that from the more complex carbohydrate. When you're eating it, your body can break that down into sugars very quickly. So what you've got on those labels, you've got the sugars, which mm. is your kind of free sugars, so that might be the stuff that they've added in either for taste to help with shelf life yes. um, it may be that it's some of the sugars that are naturally occurring but are occurring as a sugar mm -hmm. and then anything else that's carbohydrate sits in that carbohydrate box but that's a massive catch-all yeah. so when we're looking at something like a loaf of bread unless you've got it absolutely packed full of seeds and grains and things like that your whole slice of bread is actually broken down quite quickly mm. as sugars. Yeah, I mean, and that, and it, it is quite scary, isn't it? Because I think, so, I don't want well, I don't know, let's see where this goes, but I've started thinking about this since, since mm. the, the Brain Health Programme the other day. And I was thinking, well, you know, in our society, you know, you're surrounded by, you know, this, the kind of consumerism um, culture of you, you know getting things quickly getting things that are tasty yeah. getting things cheap someone said during your session you know yeah but it's all more expensive isn't it you know like the stuff that's good for you and you can get stuff that's 
and it's not necessarily true that with with certain yeah. things but i think we were talking about um healthy snacks so buying some like nuts or you know and they were saying, as opposed to a Mars bar, yeah. someone was saying, yeah, but a Mars bar is only 60p. Yeah. You know, my dad would go, what? thought they were 12p. <laughs> Still thinks Mars bars are 12p. <laughs> anyway, um, so the, you know, there is that kind of, you are bombarded all the time with these quick action, I'll get that, I'll get that. And then even in the supermarket, even things that label themselves as healthy yeah. aren't necessarily healthy. So for someone like me, a Mr. Jo, you know, Joe, Joe Public, I go, oh, that says it's healthy. So I buy it and yeah. think, well, that can't be bad for me then. But it's not. And, and it, you, you kind of feel like you're being duped all the time. Um, and I find it quite strange, really, why, as a society, we're not, why we haven't, up to this point, been led down a more healthy path. Because the things that you say for me mm-hmm. are a real challenge. That is going to be, and I'm working towards it yeah. on my in my diary, my food diary. Good. Um, working towards taking steps, and I um, did a previous podcast with Dr. Emma Kirk, mm-hmm. um, and she. So you know, since then, kind of thing, I've been taking steps as to how, what I can change about my own diet. Um, but it's a real challenge because of the kind of quick access to everything yeah. else you can get. So, I don't know, is, do you have any tips on how you can overcome that, or is it willpower? I think, for me, my favourite tip is to think about what you can add in, rather than what you're refusing yourself, okay. or taking out. So, the sort of sandwich thing mm-hmm. is a really good idea. I, quite often, will get a sandwich lunch I tend to try and prepare my own lunch rather mm-hmm. than dashing out and buying so what would you a sandwich. Have? What would you have? So I would have possibly something kind of nut based as mm-hmm. a spread or maybe something like hummus. So at the minute I'm really liking um I whiz up walnuts with sun dried tomatoes, just a jar of sun dried tomatoes and some basil in mm-hmm. the food processor. And that is fantastic as a spread on toast or bread or something like that. Top it with some cheese, some chicken. Wow. Um, So that sounds nice. It's gorgeous, Chris. Healthy eating doesn't have to be like really boring, horrible stuff. So sorry, I interrupted. So you're adding things in. So adding things in. So what I would typically do is I would have that as my sandwich, but I would go the way of the Danish and I would have an open top sandwich. Right. So I, if you're having an open top sandwich, yeah. you're automatically thinking, how much stuff can I pile up on there so it's nice and satisfying? Okay. Rather than actually, sometimes when you buy a particularly limp sandwich from the shops, yeah. you've got two pieces of bread and a whisper of filling going on. Yeah, that in is between. right. That is true. That is, and in fact, if I'm honest, even when I make my own sandwiches, they look like that pathetic little sandwich. My son, who's not even two yet, he's he must be part Danish or something because he <laughs> he refuses to eat a sandwich as a sandwich and only eats them if it's an open sandwich bless him um he looks like a viking as well well you might hair. be onto something yeah. like um so I should learn from him okay so I, li- I like that so adding things in and in fact you said the same thing um sorry the same kind of theory there with the um when you were talking about pasta during the brain health program yeah where you said about having, you know, a smaller portion of pasta, and you'll be proud of me, I did this uh, on Thursday night, where I had really a smaller portion of pasta, <laughs> and I added in broccoli, and it was a spag bol. Mm. So I'd already made the spaghetti bolognese, which was literally tomato, 
um, you know, tinned tomato yeah. and minced meat mm-hmm. and some onion yeah. um, and a couple of spices. Yeah. But I then, after, after listening to mm. you, I then added in courgette, broccoli and spinach um, into it. And then the, it was like, I remember looking at the pasta in the pan and thinking, yeah, I'm going to have to cook some more after this. Yeah. But actually, it was, it was all right. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then I topped it off. Even better. Yeah. I topped it off with, um, sorry, not the not the pasta dish. Yeah. Was after dinner when I was sitting down, whereas usually I'd have a, a coffee, which I did have a decaf mm. coffee, um, and I'd usually then start eating chocolate. I actually had some seventy four percent, whatever it is, uh, cocoa chocolate, and yeah. only had three squares. And I sat there thinking, this must be what it's like in the Adams household. <laughs> you know, just had my little bowl of pasta with loads of edge. Um, so I, you know, so I think it is that incremental steps, and it wasn't actually very hard, if I'm yeah. honest. And it tasted delicious. So I'm kind of like, I'm trying to move. I see it as being like a child, you know, maturing yeah. into an adult maybe one day. But it is those incremental steps. It absolutely is. I'm so thrilled to hear that. That's where you started because I think I think that that's the bit that feels manageable mm. for a lot of people it's it's not about radically changing what you eat you'll get one or two people that will have a radical change and they'll manage to stick to it and they maybe will find something that they like and for mm. them it's a real evangelical moment but for most of us it's a real step by step process and you don't want to feel like you're depriving yourself or that something's hard you actually want to think well what are the things that I enjoy and how can I make this just a little bit healthier I I think as well I I feel like one of the things for me that's going to really help is I think there's a couple of things firstly I think you need to have the right things in your house yeah so you need to have the right kind of food in your fridge or in your cupboard and the other one to me is um, spices herbs and spices yes. because I was thinking I was talking to someone after the brain health program mm. like at work the next day and and they were saying yeah I tend to have chicken every day because I'm trying to be healthy and I was thinking I would get so bored of that but but then if but then I was, you know they were talking about grilled chicken mm. um but then I thought well actually if you made a different kind of marinade or you did made a different kind of topping you know um I don't know, like I've got really into um, fennel seeds at the minute. I love fennel seeds. If you put that in tomato and you blend it, and it's got that kind of aniseedy kick Mm. to it. Now, some people will go, ah, you know, and switch the podcast off straight away. (laughs) But, but, but for me, that's so that make that gives it a kind of a different flavour. So, um, yeah, I, I I think, but I do think a lot of it comes back to. If you can change something incrementally and you can see that it makes a difference, mm. I reckon that's got to be the key. Yeah. So even though I've you know made attempts at this in the past, I feel like I'm in a, I'm in as good a place as I'm ever going to be in mm. terms of education from people like uh, Emma Kirk and yourself. Yeah. That of thinking, okay, you know, you you both seem pretty happy people. You both seem healthy people. You both smile a lot. I'm thinking, you know, I quite like to do that. You know, so like, <laughs> so even if even if for nothing else, superficially, let's have a go. Um, we've only we're, we're nearly at the end. So, are there any other tips that you want to add about nutrition, um, or um, b- before we wrap it up? I think that the one for me, Chris, that you absolutely nailed. Then it's the herbs and spices for flavouring, mm. and it's a little bit of 
planning or preparation. So yeah. this isn't about the people who can spend the whole of their Sunday afternoon meal prepping for the week. Yeah. If that works for you, fantastic, but that's mm. not everyone. But it's knowing where your shortcuts are. So in terms of herbs and spices, I'm the sort of person that would have that sorry coriander dying on my yeah. window ledge. Yeah. But lots of the supermarkets sell frozen chopped up herbs yeah. now. So, so like nice, yeah. my freezer is full of like chopped garlic, chopped chilies, ginger. Idea. I was going to write it down. I'll just listen to the podcast. <laughs> Okay, so okay, so frozen. So, so frozen. Does it not lose? It doesn't lose any of its. Not when you're cooking with it, or like if you were chopping up tomatoes with a salad and you were yeah. chucking garlic and basil and oil in there and okay. sitting and letting it marinate, that would be perfect Amazing. as well. And actually, it keeps a lot of the nutrients when it's frozen because it's instantly kind of harvested, That's processed amazing. and chopped, and then frozen. So it's a good oh, choice. That who knew that? That's that's amazing. Thank you. Um, right, we've got to wrap this up. So, um, if people wanted to get a hold of you and um, for, if they're interested in a consultation around nutrition, yeah. how do they do that? Okay, so I um, have a company called Savvy Nutrition. That's S A V I and then Nutrition. And you can find me on most of the main platforms that way. So if you want to see what I eat for dinner, look on Instagram at oh, Savvy yes. Nutrition. I'm doing that. I'm doing um, that. I've got a Facebook page where I share um, links to recipes that I like and some of my really super quick recipes. I'm getting quite excited now. And then um, I've got all of the details about the services that I offer and also a blog with some, again, tasty, healthy recipes Brilliant. at SavvyNutrition.com. SavvyNutrition.com, S-A-V-I, Nutrition.com. Brilliant. You, Kim, thank you so much for coming in. And uh, thank you, you guys, for listening, as always. Um, another episode of Mental Conversations will be winging its way to you pretty soon. Thank you. Thanks, Kim. Thank you.